Good morning. I'll be reading from John chapter 4, 34 to 35, if you'd like to follow along. That's John chapter 4, 34 to 35. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and, and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and book at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Welcome. Thank you uh, for being here. Um, this year, we have been focusing on evangelism. And uh, we remember in the first quarter of uh, 2020, we uh, were reminded of uh, the fact that Jesus himself commissioned us to do this work. Uh, we saw that in Matthew 28:19 to 20, where Jesus uh, told us in his great commission, what it's called, um, to go out into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has told us. And in um, the second quarter of 2020, we talked about our message of evangelism, the gospel of Jesus. Because we needed to really um, be, in a way, fluent of the gospel to know what that message is all about. That Jesus has brought down salvation with him uh, and sealed it on the cross. And that's, that's the message that we bring to people, that they can take part in that, that Jesus wants a relationship with them. And recently, we finished our um, summer series. Uh, we talked about modeling the message. So we were able, in that particular sermon series, you know, the, the, the previous one, the most previous one, to really put into action and demonstrate the gospel to the people around us through our actions. So today, we are going to start a new sermon series. And again, it's in line with evangelism. But this time, what we're going to do is we're going to go into more of a detail on the how and the where of our evangelism efforts. So uh, today, we are going to uh, introduce um, our new sermon series called Harvest Fields. And the title of our sermon series, Harvest Fields, we're going we're to do this for five weeks. Uh, ending in the first week of November. This title is directly lifted from what Jason just read in our scripture reading. Jesus, in John chapter 4, verse 35, told us, Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. So right there is the title, Harvest Fields, right? But I love this passage because Jesus, once again, connects in this passage the the mission that he has given us to evangelize to tell people about what he has done and he tells us plainly and simply open your eyes and look at the fields so this morning that's what i want to talk to you about i would like uh, us to really understand what opening our eyes and looking at the fields really means that is uh, the title of our lesson this morning. Open your eyes and look at the fields. So my hope is that today with this lesson, that we can rekindle, fan the flame of, uh, of, of the passion that we have for telling people about Jesus. 
of um, proclaiming the gospel to the people around us who do not have Jesus yet. And um, that, that is our aim this morning as we look into what Jesus simply says. Open your eyes. That's the first part of our, of our lesson this morning. And then look at the field. So we're going to look at them in turn, beginning with the first one. Open your eyes. Um, when I was a little guy, I would always lose things. It's no, it's no different today. I, I misplace things all the time. And Linda can tell you that. And I remember when I was a kid, like, my mom would just, my mom taught me a very simple lesson on how to use my eyes to look for things. So I would ask my mom, mom, where's, where's so and so? I don't know where it is. And my mom would normally answer me with another question. So well, where'd you last put it? Where do you think it is? And I would say, well, it's probably in the drawer or something. And then she would say, go look for it there. Okay. So I would go look. And I would, I would like literally look and I would say, mom, it's not here. The stuff, this is here, this is here, this is here, but the stuff that I'm looking for is not here. That's what I would do to look for my stuff. And my mom taught me this lesson. This is the lesson that my mom taught me. She says, Jay, open your eyes and not your mouth. I tell that to my kids now, too. It feels so good to tell them that because my mom told me that all the time. Open your eyes and not your mouth. You know, Jesus, in our scripture reading today, tells us, open your eyes. Now I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to ask you questions throughout this lesson today. And it's, 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 it's designed to really challenge us. So the first question that I'm going to ask is, in relation to... What Jesus has just commanded us here to open our eyes. This is the question. And I want you to answer honestly in your mind and in your heart. How are we doing with opening our eyes to our work of evangelism? That's tough. It's tough. You know, I want to encourage you this morning by saying that really opening our eyes becomes way easier it becomes facilitated when we do this one thing when we accept the mission that god has given us to go out into the world and tell people about jesus opening our eyes i'm going to say that again becomes easy to really sort out in our minds and in our hearts when we own it When we say, God, this is your priority, okay, I'll do it. Okay? Look at this, uh, look at this next verse that I'm gonna put up on the screen. It shows us who we are in Christ. Okay? And again, the hope is for us to really accept this mission that God has given us. Because a lot of times, it's so hard for us to look out. We always wanna look inside. We want, you know, uh, for the most part, church is like maintaining what we already have so that we feel good, we're happy, we're satisfied, we're comfortable. It's hard for us to actually look outside and see that the field is ripe for the harvest. So let's look at this verse. First Peter 2 verse 9. In this verse, we are reminded that we are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people to be his very own. And look at this next one. To proclaim the wonderful deeds of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Again, it talks about the mission that God has given us that we need to make our own, that we need to accept. We are to proclaim the wonderful deeds of Jesus. That's evangelism right there. That's evangelism right there. Uh, do you guys remember what or how Jesus called his first disciples? No, I think we sang that in the, at the beginning. Chad chose that, but we didn't plan that. You know, it's like, uh, you know, when, when they were in the, in the Sea of Galilee and Jesus was walking. You know, these two disciples eventually became two of the apostles. But here it is right here in Matthew 4, 18 to 19. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And this is what he, he, he told them. Remember, he's telling them to follow him, right? He says, he said to them, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. We are fishers of men. Here's the second question that I want to ask you guys. And it's again, I want, I want us to be challenged with this. Answer in your mind and in your heart. Can you call yourself today a fisher of men? Honestly, in your heart. Have you been fishing for men? Have I been fishing for men? What a good question. You know, sometimes it's hard. And I think the reason why it's hard is because we misunderstand evangelism. We misunderstand what it means to fish for people. Okay, let me tell, let me explain. Um, I've been in Canada for about 25 years now, 25 years now, but I've never fished in Canada. Never. I used to love fishing back home. Not with a pole, just going into the water and just spearing fish, like with my hand. It's so easy. I don't like to fish. I'll tell you why. I think it's because in my first couple of months or first few years in Canada, you know, I had some acquaintances who loved fishing and they would talk about it. You know, they talk about it all the time. I remember one time I heard about them fishing. They were talking and I was just overhearing their conversation. This, there's this one guy. He said, oh, yeah, on the weekend I went on Saturday, I went fishing for six hours. Six hours on a boat, on a lake for six hours. And then it gets better. So he says, and I caught two fish. What? Six hours on a boat, two fish. You know, you have to understand, I'm from the Philippines. Like for us, you know, when we fish, we eat, right? Like, you know, and then it gets better. The last thing that he said that really like blew my mind, he said, uh, he said, you know, because I asked like, you know, so uh, did, it, did, did the fish at least taste good? I didn't eat it. What? You didn't eat the fish? He let the fish go. Wait. Six hours on a boat, on the lake, two fish, you let him go. So here's, here's the thing. I don't like to fish. I like to catch, but I don't like to fish. You guys understand? And I think that's the reason why that many of us, I don't know if you're like me, that when, when that question is asked, are you a fisher of men? Is that your identity? 
do you see yourself as a fisher of men? Many of us are going to say, eh, no, not really, for really being honest. It's because we misunderstand evangelism. We think evangelism is having people get baptized. If we tell people about Jesus and they don't get baptized, we go, oh, I failed. No. We, I cannot tell people, I, the, the, the task of accepting Jesus, believing in the message of the gospel, hook, line, and sinker. I didn't plan that. I just thought about it now. Can you, you see that? Hook, line, and It's not my task to decide for people. It's their job to decide that. My task as, fisher, as a fisher of men is to tell people about Jesus. That is the tick box right there. It's either, did I tell people about him? Or did I not tell people about him? Okay? That, that sometimes we burden ourselves with things that is not really our work to do. The word is so powerful that it does whatever it sets out to accomplish. God will make the increase. We water, so we sow, we water, sometimes we harvest. But God makes that increase. Our work as fishers of men is to tell people to sit on that boat and to cast that line. That is our work. Catching, that's a decision of the people. Okay? That is their decision to bite or not to bite. And it's important for us to understand that. But some of us will say, well, you know what? Evangelism, you know, we have evangelists at a church. They work there full time. Miles and Jay, that's their names. That's their job. They're evangelists, therefore they do evangelism. So that's their work. What do I have to do with this? I know I'm a Christian, I'm a member of the church. But we have evangelists that do that full time. That's totally not what scripture tells us. Scripture tells us that this is the work of the church as a whole. This is what we do. You know, in the, in the New Testament, in the early church, the church there, they were persecuted. And in fact, the person that would, you know, there's this person that would normally persecute them. The Apostle Paul, before he became a Christian, his name was Saul. And Saul would go into different people's homes whom he, whom he believes are Christians. And you know what he would do? He would drag them out of their houses onto the town centers and they would, and he would have people stone them to death. He did that to Christians, the Apostle Paul, before he became a Christian. So these Christians, they knew about Saul. So they would scatter, they would flee when they hear about him. So this is what happened in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8 verse 4. Those who had been scattered, this is what they did. They preached the word wherever they went. They're regular members of the church. This is what we do as a congregation. Sometimes when we're distracted, when we have not accepted that mission, we see the world and we're like, what am I supposed to do here? And we get distracted, not really understanding that our work here is set up for us. We need to preach the word. And it's all of us who do it. And I love this quote. 
from these two uh, British author, uh, Christian authors, Tim Chester and Steve Timmis, who wrote the, the book Total Church. They write, most gospel ministry involves ordinary people doing ordinary things. I love this last one with gospel intentionality. When we accept that mission for ourselves and we say, yes, God, as a Christian, I understand that this is how you would want me to serve you in your kingdom. It's to tell people about Jesus. We need to be intentional about the gospel. It doesn't matter what you do for work. It doesn't matter what you do for leisure or pastimes. We will encounter people in this life. And what we need to do is we do we do everything that we do with the intention of sharing the gospel with people. So, to conclude this first part, opening our eyes literally means accepting our mission in Jesus. To go and make disciples, to go and proclaim the excellent work of Jesus who called us from darkness into his marvelous light. And then Jesus says, look at the fields. Okay, we're halfway done. Look at the fields. Um, have you guys heard of the Pittsburgh Zoo? I love the Pittsburgh Zoo. It's six, about six hours south of Toronto, okay, in, 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 in Pennsylvania, the state of Pennsylvania. I, I like, I also like their logo. Here's their logo right here. What do you guys see? You guys see a tree, right? You guys see a tree. You guys see two birds. You guys, you guys, uh, on top, you guys see two fish at the bottom. Did you guys see like two heads of two animals to the left? There's a gorilla there. And to the right, there's a lion. It's crazy, right? I love that logo because, and then when you realize that, man, it's so hard to focus now. Like I, I, I just see the, the gorilla and I just see the lion. You don't see the tree, you don't see the birds, you just see the lion and the gorilla. You know, it's like that with evangelism. It's like that when Jesus tells us to open your eyes and look at the fields. We're looking at the fields and there's so many things to look at. There's so many things that take away our attention from our mission. We get distracted so easily. We're supposed to be focusing on the trees, but... Man, the gorilla's there and the lion is there. If we are not careful, we will be distracted from our mission. If I am not careful, right? If you're not careful, if we go to work, right? Most of us go to work, if not all of us, right? We are going to see our coworkers and our bosses and our relationship with them as transactional. Not transformational, not missional, not with gospel intentionality, but it's a transaction. Oh, those guys, oh, they're just my co-workers. Oh, work, I just go there so that I can put food on the table. That's a distracted Christian right there. And if we own businesses, some of us own businesses, right? We're going to see our customers and our relationship with them as a transaction. Do you understand? I'm go, if I owned a business and I'm distracted, I would just see them as, oh, I serve them because they pay my bills. I get my, my, my living out of them. 
Or if you go to school, for example, right? If you go to school, you would see your classmates in a transactional way, not a transformational way, not a mission-minded, spiritual kind of way. You're going to look at them as, oh, they're just people that I go to school with. They're just the people that I like doing stuff with. You know, they're my friends. I just do fun things with them. But if we clear the way, because Jesus tells us to look at the fields for one reason. Do you guys remember the passage? Jesus says, open your eyes and look at the fields. Why? Because what? Because they, because it is ripe for the harvest. He wants us to look at the world singularly. Because they need Jesus. What it means to be ready for harvest. It's not that people are waiting for us to, you know, come on, tell me about Jesus. Quite the contrary. Many people would not want to hear about Jesus from you, from us. But they are ready for harvest in in the sense that they need Jesus. He is the only way for salvation. Nobody else, nothing else can save them from their sins but Jesus. And we owe it to them to tell them about Jesus. When we take away the distraction, okay, as a co-worker, I'm going to look at my work. I'm going to look at my, my co-workers. I'm going to look at my boss. I'm going to look at uh, my customers, my clients. I'm going to look at my classmates. I'm going to look at my relatives, my family members. I'm going to look at my community, my neighbors, as people with souls that need Jesus so they can be saved. That is what we need to really understand and put in our minds and in our hearts. We need to make that shift in our thinking that Christianity is not just, oh, I go to church every Sunday. Check. No, it is way more than that. We now have a purpose in life. Our purpose in life is not to be the best you know, it's not to have the best house in our neighborhood. Our purpose in our life is like for our family name to be lifted up because you know what? I have the best career in my life and I can tell my, my mom, my dad, my relatives that, hey, look at Jay. Right? I'm a very successful businessman. No. That is a means to an end. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're successful at what we do, we use that. To bring people to Christ. It doesn't matter what we do. We bring people to Christ. We look at the world with a singular vision. People need Jesus. Now, what I'm going to do for the rest of our time, we're almost done, is I'm going to introduce us. Not introduce. I'm go- Because you already know this person. We are going to look into an individual who definitely exemplifies opening your eyes and looking at the fields. And we all want to be like this person. This person we all know about. This person is the Apostle Paul. Okay? The Apostle Paul, I'm going I'm to give you a, a, three verses that really highlight his attitude about his life here on earth. And I want us to really take to this because it's going to change the way that we think about our mission, the reason why we're here on earth. Okay? First is this. Philippians 3, verse 10. Look at the first line. I want to know Christ. 
Look at that fervor. Can you imagine if we all had that? I want to know Christ. Instead of being distracted and going, oh, there's a new movie coming out on Netflix. I mean, it's coming out on Netflix. I need to watch this movie. Everything else can wait, but I need to watch this movie. I need to do this because, you know, it, it makes me feel good. Like, those, I'm not saying that Netflix is bad. There's a time for Netflix. But our mission from God takes primacy. Compared to our love for Netflix, our love for God is like, it's not even a close second. Our love for Netflix compared to our love for God looks like hate. Because our love for God is like, wow, I want to know Christ. Look at what Paul says next. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Wow. Do you think he exemplified, you think he accepted his mission from Christ? Of course he did. We want to do the same. We don't just want, we don't just want to be people, Christians, who bear the name because, well, I think I'm a Christian. Right? We don't just want to consume. We want to actually go out there into the world and make disciples. Not just come into the four, quarter, four quarters of our church building and be comfortable inside. We need to get out there. Like what Paul is doing here. Look at uh, Acts 20:24. 20, Paul says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. You gotta understand, the apostle Paul was not a bum. He wasn't a bum. He was a very successful person in what he used to do. He was a religious leader. He was climbing up the ranks. But he forgot all of that when he met Christ. He was a tent maker. Back then, there's a lot of people that lived in tents. There's a lot of nomads that lived in tents. In today's you know, trade, he would have been like a builder. He was a tent maker. He did not forsake that. He kept doing that to support himself. But that is not his identity. He didn't introduce himself. My name is Paul and I'm a tent maker. He introduced himself as my name is Paul and I'm a servant of God. What an amazing way to tell people about Jesus. Right? And he says, my only aim. He's not a distracted guy. He knows his mission. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. You know, our scripture reading is actually two verses. We were looking at primarily the second verse, verse 35 in John 4. John 4.35 says, Open your eyes, look into the fields, for it is right for the harvest. Do you guys remember what the John 4.34 is? Do you guys remember? It's Jesus saying... My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And then he invites us, hey, join me in my mission. My mission, I want you to have as a mission. If you're going to follow me, I want you to do what I did. Did you see that? And Paul knew this. So what is this task? That we are to do. 
with Paul says, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. What an amazing purpose for us to have in this world. This world is not for us to just line our pockets with money, line our, pad ourselves with comforts and entertainment. No. It's for us to go out there and recognize that there are lost people around us, our friends, our family. Some of these people actually live in the same house as we do. We need to recognize that they're lost and we need to testify to the good news of God's grace to them. And then look at this last thing that I'm going to show you here. This is his attitude about his evangelism. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast about. For this obligation has been entrusted to me. Look at the last sentence there. He says, how terrible it would be for me if I didn't preach the gospel. You have to remember that Paul is not saying this out of fear. He's not saying this, oh, if I don't preach the gospel, God is going to send me to hell. No. His identity is a gospel preacher. His identity is a servant that goes out and tells people about Jesus. That is our identity. And he says, if I don't do my mission, who am I? What am I here for? If I'm distracted by all these other things and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be here for, what am I doing here? Woe to me. In, in the NIV, that's what how terrible it would be for me is translated as. Woe to me if I didn't preach the gospel. Poor me if I don't do that. Poor me if I didn't do that. So the third question I'm going to ask as we close here is this. We say that we follow Jesus because we're Christians. Right? What is your food? Jesus says that his food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. What is your priority in this life? Okay? If we are not in the business of opening our eyes and looking at the fields and realizing and recognizing the people around us that are lost, if we are not bringing the message to them, and this is the challenging part of my question, can we still, hand on heart, say to ourselves, Jesus, I am your follower. Can we honestly say that to ourselves? Brothers and sisters, we have been challenged today. I have been challenged today. We have work to do. And this work is not something that Jesus added on after everything else that he told us. This is the number one thing that he wants us to do. This is the reason why we want to grow in our faith. Because we will not do this if we are not fully convinced about the gospel. This is the reason why we want to grow in the first place. is so that we can bring other people with us to heaven when that day comes. Let us look at the fields. 
and demonstrate our love for the lost. The message is so simple. Open your eyes and look at the fields. Let's accept our mission and let us love the lost. Care for them enough that we bring to them the thing that they really need to hear. Okay? It's going to require relationship with them. It's going to require patience. And it's going to require that we demonstrate the gospel in full view of them so that they will be convinced. Our song of invitation today is called Build Your Kingdom Here. Chad chose this song. And the words just really summarizes what we've just been talking about. And I'm just going to put up some of them here. Okay? The song, this is part of the song. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Please have, let us grow. Increase in us, we pray. And I, I love this last one here. Unveil why we're made. Tell us again why we're here. And then this next part here really summarizes everything beautifully. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. I love this next one. Refuse to waste our lives. We refuse to be distracted. We want to be singularly visioned for you. Jesus. We want to seek your kingdom first and to build your kingdom. You're our joy and our prize. Not my job, not my car, not my holidays, not my Netflix. You are my joy and my prize. And this is the task, to see the captive hearts released. That is what we want to do today. So as we stand and sing, please let us sing this, realizing that this is a prayer to God to build his kingdom here. Let's stand.